the Take Heart podcast, where we have conversations around what it looks like to intimately walk with the Father, to know Him, to seek after Him, and to become more like Him. Our aim is to explore what it looks like to actively take heart, to be people who are confident in the future, because we know who our God is. Well, hello, 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 everyone listening. This is episode eight of the Take Heart podcast. It's so exciting. It is. Hi, Bree. Hi. I love that we just had three hellos. It's great. I'm, I'm, I'm riffing off the holy, holy, holy oh, from last episode. You know, it's just got that numerical three in my head. Can't yes. get it out. Um, hey, Bree. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. And Sam Haywood. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's up? Let's <laughs> go. Oh, my gosh. Again. Guys, I'm like 13 what? out of 10 today. What the heck? My <laughs> My goodness, this guy. Somebody come stop him. Somebody come get me. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Happy for you. <laughs> um, Listeners are just like, who is this idiot? No, no, Sam, Aww. come on. That's Aww. a bit rough. Okay, that's fair. But you are the guy that just kind of appears at the start. <laughs> <laughs> appears in the middle, middle and then that's it. <laughs> yeah. I do chop out my audio like after the first two minutes. It's just nothing. Oh. Oh, yeah, as in, like, you are you saying that you speak more and we don't hear? Don't worry, it was just an editing thing. It's, <laughs> oh, it's not oh interesting editing teams, you wouldn't know, Emma, you don't edit. <laughs> okay, cool. No, well, I edit your podcast in case you'd forgotten. Oh, is that yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. doing here? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh, that <laughs> yeah. makes so much sense now. Thank mm-hmm. you. And produce it and market it, you know, just because oh. I believe in you so much. That's very kind. Thank oh, you, Sam. Thanks. If we haven't told you recently we really appreciate it yeah apparently <laughs> <laughs> this is evident um okay Bree, do you thank want to go you that, we Sam, are very appreciative thank you no but truly thank you oh my gosh we we have said it before but we will say it again and again we are very grateful for this opportunity and we know that is because of you so thank you Sam. i wasn't fishing i wasn't <laughs> no are you sure because Maybe there was a, a little, whole reel out there a little a little bit of a i think the entire yeah. thing had been yeah cast out I'm, myself seems great. <laughs> haven't haven't come for you in a little while. It's been a, it's, it's been, been a, a hot minute. Yeah, it's so. been about a week since you came at me. So I've been missing it. Not that you're keeping time on that. Anyway, hey, should we get into this episode? Yeah, let's, a, let's get into it's it. It's a good one. It is one. Um, it's all about God's faithfulness, mm-hmm. um, which is a great topic to talk about, and how we as His people can emulate that attribute in our lives. So I think, you know, reflecting on what I love about God's faithfulness is just the uniqueness of it. You know, as, as much as we can try to emulate his faithfulness, he really is the only one who was and is, and always will be faithful in its truest sense from everlasting to everlasting. I think about how often I misplace my faith and put my hope in people and things and circumstances, even myself, to meet my needs, but Mm. how often those things just let me down. You know, it's not an if it will, but it's always a when it will let me down situation. But God has always been and will always be faithful and he is so worthy of our trust Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, God always says, he always does what he says he will do. And when I consider how I've seen the faithfulness of God in my own life, it's just been really evident through many trials in particular. You know, I think the mm. faithfulness of God always comes to light through trials, um, even if it might not be evident at the time, because as we know, hindsight is a really beautiful thing. And when trials prove God's faithfulness, it can also actually serve an, 
as an encouragement to our own faithfulness. They trials produce a faithfulness in us as well. James 1, 2 to 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Trials are opportunities for us to point to Christ, because it's a way for us to point to the faithfulness of God. For we know that he is faithful to work all things out together for our good. Mm. That's a very long-winded explanation, I suppose, (laughs) of what it is that I love about the faithfulness of God. Mm. What is it that you love about God's faithfulness, Brie? Um, I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in recent years is that um, my faith in God is only made possible because he first was faithful. Mm. Um, You know, like you were just saying, like he's proven himself faithful to Mm. um, humanity and creation and to me personally time and time again. And and I know that his plan is always so much better than mine. And I know that he's someone that I can trust. So because he's faithful, then I can strive to be faith-filled. Mm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, preparing for this, I was kind of thinking, how does God demonstrate his faithfulness to his people in the Bible? Mm. Um, and I love the Old Testament, so naturally I went straight to Gravitate there. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and over and over again, and I haven't counted, to be honest, but I'm certain it'd be probably in the hundreds. Mm. Um, God tells his people to not forget Mm. particularly about um, rescuing them from Egypt. He says, remember what I did when I rescued you from slavery in Egypt. Remember when I saved you. Mm. you know, don't forget when I had victory over your enemies. Mm. Don't forget that I was with you and I always will be. Mm. And remember who I am. Remember that I am the one true God. Like there's this repetition. And the last episode you're talking about that being a teaching technique where mm. it's repeated that he wants you to actually not forget. He wants yes. you to remember yeah. and to keep reflecting. It's important. Yeah. Um, and he's always remained faithful to his promises. Um, so just to highlight a few of these quickly from the Old Testament, um, when he made a covenant with Abraham or Abram in Genesis 12, it didn't matter how unfaithful the Israelites became and God knew that they'd become unfaithful, mm. um, but it didn't matter. It didn't change how faithful God was. Mm. He promised Abram a land, a family with descendants as numerous as the stars, which is just mm. crazy to think when Sarah yeah. was barren and yeah. couldn't have children and they were both elderly. Um, but God promised him a land, a family, and promised that Abram would be a blessing to others. Mm. Um, and, he, and all of those happened. Yeah. They, God was faithful to all of them. Um, he promised Noah you mm. know, that the rainbow would be that sign that he would never again flood the earth um, and that he would remain faithful to his people. Mm. Um, do you, do you remember that rainbow in Butterua yes. in Fiji? How could I forget? Oh, what, yes. like it was just so, such a beautiful, timely promise from the Lord, right? That mm. he would, yeah. he would do his work and his ministry in that place. Yeah, yeah, it's such an encouragement for us. And yeah, yeah. And I remember so just to fill in some gaps. Sorry, we've gone. Sorry, I, I tripped down my I really went to like <laughs> I'm there. I'm, I'm in the village. I can see it. Oh, so we were on one of the trips. We were driving out of the village that we spent mm-hmm. most of our time in. And looked back yeah. and over the community centre where, you know, so many of our friends were standing there waving to us in the bus, there was this enormous rainbow mm-hmm. and you could see from one side of the village to the other, mm-hmm. further than that, but across the top. Um, and I think for me, it really felt like God was saying, because I'd been praying that I could go back. Yeah. I think this this was maybe our second out of three mm-hmm. trips. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were praying so many things over, you know, our new Fiji family that we, that you know, friends we'd made there. 
And I think um, also because you never, we never really feel like we've had enough time. It's never, you yeah. never feel like you're done, you know, yeah. so there's always more that could be said or another Bible verse to share or something, yeah. you know, sorry to yeah. interrupt, but yeah, I absolutely. think that's, that's that sense of like, I don't want to leave. Mm. You know, I, I hate leaving this newfound family because that's what they became yeah. to us, our, our Fijian family. Yeah. And you just, that, that sense of pull, like driving away from them hurts. Yeah. But yeah. sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, just, I remember seeing that rainbow and then thinking mm. to myself, it was as if God was saying, um, yeah, I hear, like I hear you mm. and I can see your heart for these people. Mm. And, and I felt in that moment that I kind of just knew that I'd go back, which mm. was really weird. Mm. I felt like God was saying, yeah, this, I, I've I'm not done. Have this, yeah. 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 So, so good. Yeah. Anyway, um, bit of a segue, sorry. Um, and then one of the longest promises in the Bible um, is found in Exodus 6, verse 7 where God says, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Mm. So God set apart the Israelites and his people. We'll talk in last episode mm. about holiness and being set apart. Mm. Um, God did that for the Israelites. Um, he wanted his people to be set apart from the world. He wanted us to be in it, but not of it. Mm. And like I mentioned before, no matter how far God's people um, stray from his plan, this promise of his, you know, I'll take you as my own and I will be your God, mm. continues to today. Um, and what started with just the Israelites was then promised to all of humanity, made available to both Jew and Gentile, all in Christ. Mm. Um, God has made a way for us all. And he wants us to remember, to reflect and to look back on what he's done so that we can confidently walk into the future yeah. as faith-filled followers of the almighty God. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you, just, don't you <laughs> want that? Don't you want to be known mm, for that? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> bit more passionate ever. of course <laughs> amen yes hallelujah praise the lord oh, yes sorry um that's totally fine um so how okay so i know that you love the new testament i do can you give us a few quick examples of god's faithfulness from there yes um i think the biggest example of god's faithfulness to his people that the new testament offers us is his promise of the coming messiah right mm. like jesus revealed to us Jesus is revealed to us through the gospels and it's beautiful. I think, I know you you want me to just kind of focus on new Testament, but I think when you look at the entirety of Mm. the word of God as one, that he promised this coming Messiah um, in the old Testament and he delivers on this promise. We learn about Jesus's promised birth, his resurrection and the redemption that happens for all in that act. Um, You know, God promised in the old Testament that salvation would be available to all people, not just the Israelites, like you were saying before, um, and we read about that in Isaiah um, and the New Testament and the gospel message is a really beautiful fulfillment of these promises. Um, but the New Testament also reminds us of God's faithfulness countless times. Um, you know, the epistles, the these letters to the early church are an encouragement to the people to think on and remember that he is faithful to them, especially as they're facing persecution for what they believe mm. in establishing the early church. You know, we see this in Acts, the book that details this establishment of the church. It's a beautiful example of God's protection over his Mm. church and how he's faithful to his promise to spread the kingdom through the disciples. You know, God promises to use his people to spread the gospels to all nations. Um, In Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Then In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. 
So what we see here is that God promises that they will be used to spread the gospel and he does this, but he does this through persecution. And Mm. I think we'll chat a little bit more about that later. Um, But yeah, the New Testament is just full of reminders of God's faithfulness for his people. And we see he is faithful to forgive. We see he's faithful through trials. He's faithful in temptation. 1 Corinthians Mm. 10 verse 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So there's just so many beautiful reminders that God provides a way out, that he faithfully Mm. points a way forward for us, even amidst our own unfaithfulness to him. He Mm. always offers a way of escape. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yep. Um, You talked a little bit about um, about Jesus. Can Mm. you just talk us through um, how exactly he's the ultimate display of God's faithfulness? Well, he, Jesus is the ultimate display of his faithfulness because he exemplifies God's faithfulness to all of humanity, not just the Israelites, like we've been saying already in this episode. By sending Jesus to die for all people, he offers salvation for all people. You know, Jesus was the fulfillment of so many prophecies and promises throughout the Old Testament, starting in Genesis. You know, Christ was coming. One of the wildest revelations from the word of God I have encountered was in Bible study a few years years back and we were looking at Genesis 5 and you know what, I will never, I swear that I will never ignore a genealogy list again after this. Like how (laughs) easy, oh yes, because you wait, this is wild. Mm. But Mm. like, you know, you're going through the word and you come across a genealogy list and it's, you know, so-and-so is related to so-and-so, the son of so-and-so and it's like, okay, this is kind of dry. But Genesis 5 records the genealogy from Adam to Noah and there is a hidden message within the meaning of these names of Mm. the genealogy that points directly to Jesus right in Genesis. Mm. So these are, you know, these are Hebrew names, but the translation of what these names mean in English is astounding. So let me just read a little bit of Genesis 5 and then we're going to share what these, these names actually mean. So this is what I talk about when I'm saying, you know, a genealogy. So it's, it starts like this. This is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, wow, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. After Seth was born, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Wow. Altogether, (laughs) Adam lived a total of 930 years. Big wow. And then he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh and so on and so forth. It goes on. Um, And I I do encourage you to read all of these names in Genesis 5. This is found between verses 1 to 32. But let me just go through and let you know what each of these names represents. So in the Hebrew, we have Adam means man. Then we've got Seth, which means appointed. Then you have Enosh, which means mortal. Kenan, which means sorrow. Mahalalel, which means the blessed God. Jared, which is shall come down. Enoch, which is teaching, Methuselah, which means his death shall bring, Lamech, which means the despairing, or Lamesh, sorry, the despairing, and Noah, which means rest or comfort. So when you put all of these names in a sentence, Mm -hmm. it spells out the following. Man is appointed mortal sorrow. What? Man is appointed mortal sorrow 
but the blessed God shall come down teaching that his death shall bring the despairing rest. What? Uh-huh. Oh, my See, goodness. See, you're, you're having the mind-blown moment that yeah. I had a few years ago. It's like I was so, like, rattled that I'd never learnt this before. Wow. Because I, I, that's what I mean. I'll never ignore a genealogy list again. Mm. Um, but this is the gospel message and the promise of God hidden right here in Genesis 5. <laughs> it's incredible. Yep. Like, this is the faithfulness of God, like through the sending of his son right from the beginning. Mm. Genesis 5. Mm. It points directly to Jesus. Let me read this again. Just so you, man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down, teaching that his death shall bring the despairing rest. That's Jesus. That's wild. Through the genealogy names of Adam to Noah. The Hebrew name, sorry, of the genealogy of Adam to Noah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's a mind-blowing moment. So shifting gears here, we've begun to unpack God's faithfulness in a really different way in this episode, which and we've done that kind of intentionally. You know, usually you'd start with the why and then maybe move on to the how. But we mm. wanted to show you some of the how before the why because it actually sets a good foundation of truth to, to talk through the why. Um, so now that we've seen some examples of how God is faithful, we can look at why he is faithful and what that means for us that he's faithful. And I think that's, that's what we're going to focus on now. Then we'll talk through some of how this impacts our everyday lives. So for God to be faithful, it means that he is totally trustworthy. You know, he, mm-hmm. he does what he says that he will do. He fights for us. He keeps his word. He keeps his promises. Isaiah 25 verse 1 says, I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness you have done marvelous things, things planned long ago. And Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 says, The Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. So, Mm. you know, we know that God is faithful in the Bible, but how can we see, like, how do we know that he's faithful still to us today? We're going to take a little bit of a break from our episode today to get to know our host, Bree Bond, just a little bit better. I'm so glad because I feel like I don't know you at all. This is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I told you how much I love this segment. <laughs> so now, I think that food is a little bit of a window into the soul. Mm. Hmm. Now, I'm going to have a food-themed Fast Five with you Fun. today, Great. This is we're going to start Love. at the top and we're going to drill down. Uh, of the food chain? Of the food chain. Question number one, what is your favourite cuisine? Oh, I, 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 there's so many. Dessert, probably. Is that a cuisine? Or no. <laughs> no, like Italian, like Italian. Indian. Mm. Yeah. Um, Any? Probably Italian, actually. Ital- I knew you were going to say Italian. Mm, Maybe Thai. Pasta, pizza. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> question number two. What is your favorite Italian type of food? Pasta, pizza. Oh, pizza, dessert. for sure. Pizza. Yeah. Ooh. Here we go. We're, we're getting there. We're, yeah. we're drilling we're dr- down. I can yeah. understand the process. I do understand the process now. What is your favorite pizza type <laughs> of pizza? 
Um, you know, actually, I had it last night. Uh-huh. It's from Jimmy's Pizza. Uh-huh. Shout out, Jimmy's um, Pizza. Yeah. Yeah. You want to sponsor? Pizza. Sponsor. I should tell them. Six triple five oh six. Oh, my gosh. Don't follow that number. You don't know what you're going to get. Hey, that's the reading writing hotline. Yeah, but is it still? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I don't anyway, think it exists. So anyway, sorry, Jimmy's Pizza. pizza. Um, it's satay chicken. Oh, it's, I don't know. It's just really light yeah. satay sauce. Mm. It's really good. Interesting. Okay, mm. on your pizza. And my question. kids, sorry, my kids hate it, so I can eat the whole thing. <laughs> that's smart. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, a question four to drill down. What type of crust do you go for on your pizza? Oh, I just get the standard. It's the standard. Not like the classic, classic. or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Not really fast. Mm. Question number <laughs> five. <laughs> Are you stuck for, answer, for questions? No, of course not. I'm full of them. Do you make pizza at home? Because I know that's a thing that some people get really into and others just steer very clear. Mm. Um, are you someone who makes pizza at home or always orders in? Um, so I married an incredible man who mm. cooks every single night. Wow. And pizza is a regular rotation on, our, on, our men- on my menu. Score. <laughs> oh, my goodness. At the Bond good. household. Yes. This has been a very enjoyable last five. Absolutely. Today, ladies. Well, Bri, I feel like I know a lot about you. Um, Pizza, in fact, is another deeper window into the soul. (laughs) We should do a fast five on Sam. The next two episodes. episode. Let's. I'm down. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We've got to come up with the best question. Yes. All right. All right. Speaking brainstorm. Well, Mm. while you think about that, how about we get back to our episode? Sure. Sounds amazing. Um, I think Matthew six twenty six is a good place to start. Um, this verse says that when I look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Mm. Are you not much more valuable than they? Did I read that right? Are you not much more valuable than they? Mm. Um, God demonstrates his faithfulness by providing our deepest needs. Um, which we so often look for elsewhere, don't we? Like we look for security and comfort and approval from the people around us um, and things that we often turn into idols Mm. or turn to idols for. He provides in abundance when we come to him in faith. Yeah, amen. Um, I think when we look around us, you know, in Sydney, Australia, we have so many blessings. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many of them, though, that are material blessings, right? Big cars, big homes world-class education, technology, healthcare, like it's all at our fingertips. Um, And we are so much more fortunate than many people around the world when we look at those things. Mm. Yet it's because of that very reason that we lose sight of it, of our priorities, of why we're put here on this earth, um, of our need for others. And I think when we read verses like the one I've just read, um, you know, look at the birds of the Air, they do not reap or sow or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He looks after the birds. Mm. Are you not much more valuable than they? Mm. Um, and do we ever think that God, like I think sometimes we think, we, well, this is, this is something that I really wrestle with, right? Mm-hmm. Where do we ever think that God loves us more in the West than those that live in poverty because mm. we've been uh, more materialistically or physically blessed? Mm. Um, if their, you know, basic needs are not being met, does that mean that God's more faithful to me? Um, 
and I don't think mm. it's something I'll actually ever get my head around. Yeah. Um, you know, why was, why were we chosen to live in this country and mm. people chosen to live in others? Mm. Um, why do I have this particular family and this job and this ministry in this particular period of history? You know, it's, there's just answers that we don't have. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think in this short amount of time, um, I can probably only offer two quick explanations. Mm-hmm. Um, one is that we know that God loves all people. Yeah. Um, John three sixteen, very famous verse tells us that for God so loved the world and that no matter where they are or no matter who they are or what they've done in their life, that God still loves them mm-hmm. and that he's faithful to all. Um, and our personal circumstances never change his character. Yeah. Um, and the other reason is I think we just have to keep clinging to the knowledge and the comfort that God is sovereign and that we are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't say much more than that, but we've talked about We've talked enough on this podcast, you know, about the traps and distractions that those things that we often seem, um, that we often think are blessings. Mm -hmm. And so I won't sort of go into all of that again, but I think in the Western world, we actually really lost. Mm. And I think that we're heading, we're not heeding God's word of remembering what he has done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we don't as a collective whole, I don't think we actually take our faith that seriously. Like I think if we did, we'd actually be suffering persecution right? We would be scattered because we're being effective. And I know this is a huge generalization, um, but I think, you know, we need to get more serious about Mm. our faith. Mm. Um, The devil doesn't actually need to bring widespread persecution to the West because, you know, we're doing enough of a bad job ourselves. Mm. I'm explaining that really poorly, (laughs) but like, I think we, you know, we get so distracted and we get so focused on the things that are physical and are in front of us that we lose sight of God. Mm. And so I think we don't need persecution if we're that distracted. Mm. You know, the devil doesn't need to jump in because we're already yeah. doing a bad job. Does yeah, that make I sense? I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually, like, I feel like there's this sand is shifting and I feel like there's revival on the way. Mm. And so I, I'm, I'm clinging to that and I'm praying for that. And so my prayer for, you know, this generation and our country is that we would really get serious and that we would, build this active faith. Mm. Um, you know, we don't actually know how long we'll be able to keep our religious freedoms in this country. Um, so I feel like we need to step it up and we need to remember what God has done so mm. that we can take that to courageously move forward with our faith and to be bold and to be mm. living passionate lives for Jesus in obedience to his call on our lives. Yeah. Um, so then Emma, how can we be faithful to God in response to his faithfulness? Um, yeah, look, a big way that we can respond, um, and be faithful to God is through obedience to him. Keyword Mm. obedience, you know, Psalm 119 verse 30 says, um, I have chosen, like David says, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. So living a life of faithfulness to God looks like a life where we daily choose to place our hope in God with complete certainty, not with fingers crossed behind our backs, hoping that he will indeed be faithful but actually knowing that he is faithful. Um, You know, we can choose to rely on his grace and his strength alone and not on our works. Romans 4 is really key when we talk about this. You know, Abraham was declared righteous by his faith, not his works. God wants our hearts and our faith, not our works. He wants us to have an active faith. You know, Hebrews 11, the heroes of faith chapter is so, like such gold. Um, I just love, I love Hebrews 11 so much. And 
it starts off with this. Um, Hebrews 11, 1 to 3 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Then Hebrews 11 goes on to describe some really esteemed men and women in history who accomplished what they did by faith. Like the amount of times that by faith is repeated here is so encouraging. Mm. You know, it's a beautiful example that God uses ordinary, really flawed people to do mighty things for his kingdom. Mm. But he commends them not for what they did, but for the faith that directed their every step. You know, it's not the amount of faith that we have in us either. It's the object that we place our faith in that really matters. Mm. Um, And I think verses 13 to 16 is especially encouraging. Um, Please have a read of it. But what it's saying in in these verses is, um, you know, these men are like they men and women, they died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. And that could be considered a really sad part of the scripture. Like they didn't receive what was promised to them. Like, mm. um, but each one believed that God rewarded those that diligently seek him and God bore witness of their faith in this chapter. Like, but having gained approval through their faith, none of them received what was promised despite their faith they didn't receive it. Mm. And I think it's easy to, like, we question God. It's like, well, why did these really worthy men and women who found fav- favor with you not enjoy the blessings that you promised them? And we might, like, be tempted here to think that their faith was in vain or even that God failed them. But that's just not the case. The, the promise was to come at God's appointed time and in his appointed way. Um, you know, the promise that they're looking forward to was the arrival of the long-awaited Messiah. He is the one who was to come and save Mm. his people from their sin and bring in a glorious kingdom of everlasting righteousness. The the blessings that these men and women were to enjoy were still future blessings, Mm. but their blessings were to flow through them, sorry, flow to them through the person of Jesus and his ministry and his death and his resurrection and his victory. You know, um, God prepares a city for them. He Says it, it says it in verse 16, he's preparing heaven for them. Um, and then in verses 39 to 40, he says, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. You know, this is just such a beautiful example that God really does work all things together for the good. You know, the fulfillment mm-hmm. of his plan for his people, Israel, depends on the coming together of his plan for the entire church just as his plans for the Gentile church depended on the coming of a Messiah through his people Israel. Just as we were dependent on them to bring forth the Savior, so they are dependent on the church for the fulfillment of their promises. The wonderful thing is that God had provided something better for the body of Christ so that apart from us, Israel would not be made perfect, you know? like, mm. And I think looking further in Hebrews, <laughs> just really quickly, Hebrews 12, 1 to 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, faith, um, it has a posture. We don't just believe in the Lord. We actually have faith to follow him and to run with endurance the race 
set before us and to look to Jesus, who is the perfecter of our faith in that running. You know, that mm. I think we're doing something with that faith. Um, so mm. what does it look like to you to be faithful, Brie? Um, someone shared me this image with me recently and it really resonated with me, which was um, to think of a chair um, mm-hmm. so we can, I know so that's <laughs> stupid. Um, let me explain. Um, so I can believe that a chair will hold me, but it's not until I put that belief into action that I show that I actually have faith in it. Mm. Um, and then, you know, think through how do you know the chair is faithful, right? Well, you assess it, you look at it, you say, okay, it's got four legs. I know it looks sturdy. I know that it hasn't dropped me in the past. Um, and I think that's what God wants us to remember, like to, to put our faith in something because of what um, we know that they've done in the past. Yeah. Which is why God kept saying, remember, remember, remember. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know this? I actually found this out recently as well, that there are 9,000 promises in the Bible. Um, mm. But you, do you know what God does with them, which is what I love, that he places them in our reach but not in our hands. And so if you think about it, he will often lead you to something mm. or bring something into your life. Um, but in order for it to happen, you actually have to step out in faith wow. and you have to actually show that you trust him, that you trust he has a plan and that he is faithful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's amazing. Um, and that there are so many blessings on the right side of obedience. Hmm. Isn't that, I think that's just a beautiful way of saying that, um, <laughs> that, that, you know, God Which just encourages us God, to yeah, take yeah. that leap of faith, right? It does. It mm. does. Um, so often I think we, you know, we focus on that, the tangible, the, we trust our feelings or, um, things that aren't God. Whereas I think, you know, our feelings in particular, like they are sinful, they are selfish, they can be volatile, they're so dependent on what's happening around us. But um, we need to kind of let go of that tangible and just trust God because it is in that gap between, like that gap of our knowledge or our understanding um, that true faith in action comes alive where we can see God really working. Mm. And so I want to encourage us all to fill that gap with faith instead of fear. Yeah. Um. Priscilla Shira, um, in the Armour of God study, she writes, faith does not focus on the quality or the quantity of the human belief, but it focuses on how trustworthy, true and loyal the object of that belief has proven himself to be. And oh my, has not, God not shown himself mm-hmm. to be trustworthy and true and loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jesus said, you need faith just as big as mustard seed. Um, and Priscilla Shira says, um, he knew that a little faith is what you need is all you need when it is firmly planted in the right person. Mm. Mm. This would encourage us, you know, if we're truly taking heart and we're being transformed from the inside out, then our faith should overflow into action. Mm. You know, um, it's not about what we can do, but I think at the same time, you know, it, there is a, there is a sense of importance in our faith based works. Like James two fourteen to 17, you know, what good is it? My brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works. Can that faith save, save him? You know, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So Mm. also faith by itself, if it does not have works is dead. So it's not about earning righteousness through works, but it's showing our faith by what we do, you know, demonstrating the fruit of the spirit, being more, Mm. being made more like Jesus every day because Every act of faithfulness towards another is an act of faithfulness toward God himself. Mm. Not for human approval, but purely because there is a desire and a longing in us to be more like Christ, a longing for us to 
hear the words from our father, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. Like that's a longing in yeah. our hearts to hear those words. And I just want to leave everyone with, with one final verse from 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 23 to 24, which says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Mm. Like, amen. Mm. So good. Would you pray for us, Brie? Yeah, sure thing. Thanks. Father God, I just thank you so much that you are so faithful and so loving. And Lord, we thank you that you are so reliable and trustworthy and true that we can put our faith in you. I thank you that it is um, so simple to put our faith in you, that your plan is always better than ours. And Lord, we pray for um, your help, that you will help us to be more faithful and, mm. and to remember and to reflect and to know that you are good. Mm. Lord, we pray that you'll go before us this week, that you will help to prepare um, our hearts and those things that are happening in our lives, Lord, we just pray that you'll help us to be people who step out in faith, who trust you, who work, walk in obedience to you. Um, and Lord, we just we thank you that you you just make it so much easier than it, it needs to be. Lord, we just thank you for you and thank you that you are just so incredible. Mm. Amen. Amen. We want to thank the teaching team of Generation Ministries for being a huge part of this episode and all of their wonderful research thank you all very much and we also just want to thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode as well be blessed everyone thanks so much we know that to take heart to be encouraged and to seek a new thing is a personal pursuit we want to encourage you that you are not alone in that pursuit we believe that because of who our god is we can actively seek him and see what he is doing and when we do this things start to shift Our hope for you is that you would embrace this process of becoming and allow our God to continue to grow you into all he is calling you to be and that you would have eyes to see what he is doing in this generation.